Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. I got my man Clyde Mans here with me, and this is the show where I get to talk about sports. I get to talk about business, and I get to talk about everything in between. Clyde, how you doing today, buddy? Everything is great. Everything is great. How are you? Good day to be alive. A little too much snow, as we were talking about before. Not a. I'm yeah. here in my basement. I'm looking up. I, I actually can't see out the window anymore, uh, and that's right. Uh, so, a little alarming, but we move forward. You and I are going to yep. have a good conversation. Probably another inch or two will fall on the ground during it, and yep. we move on from there, man. But very excited yeah. to have you on. Excited to talk about your professional basketball career, your Division One coaching career, and now what you're doing with elite individual training, owning your own business, and helping athletes better themselves in that way. But Clyde. First question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, mm-hmm. why do you love sports so much? Man, sports has been a part of my life since I was like seven years old, uh, six years old, actually. Um, I started uh, playing sports, uh, and baseball was 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 my game growing up. Um, baseball came into my life at a very, very, like I said, very, very young age, at age of seven, Um my cousin took me around to the recreation uh, facility that we grew up at uh, called Ammon. And from there, the name Clyde Mans took off. Um, so I played with, uh, I played with the, uh, the Cubs and Clarence Battle, who uh, was pretty good. He was a pillar in my community. Um, he was the, the head coach of the Cubs and he worked at the recreation center and still worked there to this, to this day. And uh, at the tender age of seven, um, he put me at second base. My my twelve year old cousin was the shortstop, and we was like the dynamic duo. And from there, you know, took off. So, I love it, man. Um, yeah. So 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 sports has been a part, been a part of my life since I was a young child. Yeah, and and I think you know that's that's the thing about sports is it gives people a something to do, but it also teaches you a lot along the way. Yeah. Time management, discipline. We talk about it every time, and and that's why I always love talking about sports business because many of the people that come into the business side of sports played it in some way, shape or form growing up. Yes. And as you did, you played all the way up to, you know, you got paid to play, which is mm-hmm. pretty much everybody, every seven year old second baseman's dream, right. Is yeah. to actually eventually get paid. I don't know how much, but Hey man, if you're going to pay me to play a game I've been playing since I was seven, that's a good day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. I love yep. It. So with, um, with that, you know, as we said, you know, you, I, I know you and I spoke a little bit, you were, you played football, you played baseball, you played basketball, basketball was eventually the sport you ended up sticking with yeah. what, you know, so this was a few years ago. I'm not going to try and age you too much. Don't worry, but this was a few years ago. Things quite aren't the same as they were back then. What yeah. was that professional level? Like, what was that semi pro level? Like essentially minor leagues? How do you find yourself in those circles? How do you kind of get your name out there? And I guess, at what point did you realize, like, hey, maybe the NBA isn't for me, but there's still this opportunity overseas in some of these smaller leagues? And and what made you go after that opportunity? Well, you know, like you, you, you said the nail on the head, like every player's dream is to be in the NFL or NBA or Major League Baseball, whatnot. Um, and after college, well, I played small college basketball, University of Pittsburgh at Greensburg. And a lot of guys don't even go anywhere to play after that, I mean, Division three, you know, um, but it was always a passion of mine to get get paid to play. Um, so uh, when I graduated and I, I played for a, a phenomenal coach named Matt Frigenic, who's uh, known throughout the city of Pittsburgh and in Florida and whatnot, um, 
former Division One basketball coach himself. Um, <clears throat> so I, I went there. Um, but let me backtrack a little bit. So out of high school, I signed a letter of intent to go to Edinburgh University and play football. And I'm getting out of there, get out of my contract, or my, or my scholarship, and went to Pitt Greensburg and played basketball. And um, had a great four years at, at Pitt Greensburg. Um, won back-to-back conference championships as a, as a junior and senior. Started four years. And uh, so from there, um, you know, you start contacting agents or whatnot and trying to get yourself out there. So that's how all this came about, um, contacting agents or whatnot, sending game film out to different teams overseas and in the whole nine. And then eventually ended up signing with an agent. And um he knew some he knew some some people in the International Basketball League, which is called the IBL. And uh from there it took off. He sent it to uh the Central Oregon Hotshots, the team I played with, and head coach and owner JJ Anderson liked what he saw, offered me a contract. And and the difficult thing about being a professional athlete, and we'll get into it with coaching as well, mm-hmm. is it's only for so long, right? You can get yeah. cut at any time and you're going to have to go move across the country. As you said, yeah. Central Oregon hotshots, it's uh, it's not quite a stone's throw away from, <laughs> from uh, you know, middle, middle central Pennsylvania, right? Yes. So what, um, how much did that go into the decision to, you know, continue to pursue that dream, right? Like doing that is incredible. You got paid to do it. How long, you know, were these opportunities and how fruitful did they become to the point where it's like, okay, now I have to move here and then I may have to move there. And I know there's a mm-hmm. story about Israel coming up in a little bit. Like what, yeah. how, how much does that weigh on a person like yourself? Just, just trying to get paid knowing it's not quite as easy just to do it in your hometown though. Well, it, it, it's, it weighs heavy because um, in 2003, um, I thought I had to deal with the Las Vegas Rattlers of the ABA in that, it didn't fall through. The team just folded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was going to, to Las Vegas to play for them and, and and the team folded. So now I'm back to square one again. So I knew a guy and uh, he knew the head coach with the Brooklyn Kings of the United States Basketball League. I went to uh, Brooklyn, New York, and we the tryout was at Mega Evans College, played well. And uh, about two weeks into to camp, I turned my ankle. So by me not being uh, – High profile division mm-hmm. one athlete didn't have a way for me to heal up, so I got released. So now I'm back to square one again. You know what I mean? So I'm like, should I continue to pursue this dream or should I just let it go? You know what I mean? I have a contract, team fold, have another contract, get hurt, get released. I'm like, maybe it's is it for me. But I knew I couldn't stop because I knew what I can do as a player. So I talked to my family and uh, a friend of mine um, through my agent. Uh, we went down to the Kentucky Pro-Am, and I played with Team Indiana and um, played pretty well in that two weeks that we were there. And, uh, you know, this is how Central Oregon come about. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it weighs heavy, though, on the decision that you have to make to keep pursuing this dream. Mm-hmm. Um, now knowing at the age of 29 when I'm at Central Oregon that – NBA is totally out of the question, yeah. but overseas is still an option. You know what I mean? So um, I took that opportunity and I ran with it. And then other opportunities came about after that. Yeah. I love it, man. I think it's, yeah. again, it's, it's a testament to you. I mean, 29, you're well, I'm 29 now. I'm well into my career at this point, right? We're not yes. 24 anymore. We're not still yeah. like, Oh, I'm figuring it out. No, we're 29 now. You know, we've been out of yeah. college for a little while. We know what yeah. the hell's going on. We can figure out the world. So I, you know, I, I, I give you kudos and congratulations. You, you love something. You want to do something. You did it. 
And yep. I know that, you know, with, within this story, you've, you've had the opportunity to coach as well. I know mm-hmm. you coached at a couple places, uh, LaRoche college for a few years. You eventually yep. go to Penn state Allegheny, greater Allegheny at some point, I guess yep. was coaching always in the back of your mind. Was that always in the front of your mind? How did you view coaching, especially while still pursuing the dream of being a player? You know, coaching really wasn't at the forefront. Um, what happened was when I, like I said, when I graduated from University of Pittsburgh at Greensburg in 2000, I ended up working at um, a detention center here in Pittsburgh called Schumann Center. And, but I still had the, the dream to play because mm-hmm. I'm fresh out of college. So a guy um, named Scott Lang, um, the late Scott Lang, he passed away back in 2010. Um, he actually was the head coach at LaRoche. And LaRoche and Pitt Greensburg is in the same conference. So we actually played against them when I was a player. He was the coach. And we beat them in the conference championship my junior year. And then uh, obviously we, we ended up beating Penn State Barron my senior year. So long story short, I see him at an all-star game that my little cousin was playing in coming out of high school. And he's down there recruiting. And he says, Clyde, what are you doing right now? And I said, well, I'm just, you know, working out and, you know, trying to pursue this ready, yep. overseas dream. He said, well, listen, I don't know how you feel about coaching. He said, obviously, I know how you are as a player. And if you could bring that to the coaching side, I would love to have you. He said, I got an opportunity for you. Um, I don't. It's not going to pay great to Division Three, but if you want to get your foot in the door coaching-wise, I said, okay. So I said, yeah, until I get something, I'll do that. So um, I actually started at LaRoche in 2002 and uh, started at $500. So I'm still obviously working my full-time job. But from there, um, the things I learned from Coach Lang in my six years was absolutely phenomenal. Um, we won a conference championship in 2004 uh, with some very, very talented players at that level. And um, yeah, so it took off from there. Yeah. And I guess during that six years, you know, obviously you were still thinking about for, if not all part of it, still thinking about playing overseas. So it's still a double, double opportunity for you, right? You you get to coach, but you still get to be on the court, work out, be with the players. I'm sure you participated in practices, right? So there's still that opportunity along with it. At what point do you eventually say, okay, I'm 29. I have a family, you know, I have a long-term girlfriend. I have a wife or whatever. Mm -hmm. I have have just friends and my, my parents I want to see too. At what point does staying home and coaching outweigh the opportunity to continue to play say overseas or, or again, in the middle of Nevada or Oregon or Wyoming or something like that. So the, the, the decision for me came at, actually 31. Um, So now I leave Central Oregon in June to come back home because the season was over. Mm -hmm. And I'm still pursuing, trying to get something. But of course, I went back to LaRose to coach. I get nothing in 2007. And in 2008, I said, you know what, Clyde, you can probably still play this game another three or four more years, but it's Mm -hmm. a longer life coaching. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So in 2008, Dondre Maiden was my agent out of Virginia. He's the one that helped me get to Central Oregon and whatnot. He says, Clyde, listen, he said, um, there's a couple teams over across the water who may be interested. And uh, I have some some people in Israel. I said, okay. But I knew in the back of my head, this coaching thing is going to be it now. Mm-hmm. 
So I told him, I said, listen, Dondre, you know, I'm coaching whatnot. I said, I'm going to apply for some head coaching jobs. Now I know we, what we got brewing with Israel, but if I get a head coaching job, I'm going to be, I'm going to be done playing. Mm-hmm. So I interviewed for the head men's job at Penn State Greater Allegheny in April, April 3rd to be exact, 2008. And uh, I had a phenomenal interview. I mean, phenomenal. And you, it was one of those type of interviews, you know, when you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after the interview, um, the AD asked me, he says, uh, do you have any questions for us? I was so confident that I knew I had the job. I said, the only question I have is when do I start? Nice. So they, they, everyone, everyone chuckled. We all laughed. Whatnot. I had a good time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I left there, you know, called my mom, called my kids, told them, I said, great interview. I think I got this job. So uh, AD calls me back about a week later, which actually was the 8th of, uh, of April. And he says, I want to offer you a second interview. So I came, went back on campus, met the, the chancellor, everyone else on campus. So at this point, I'm like, yeah, this is it. So uh, before I left, we went back to his office. He said, I want to offer you the job to be the next hit men's basketball coach at Penn State Great Allegheny. I said, yes, I'll take it. So funny, though, I get this opportunity April 8th, 2008. My agent calls me on the 12th and says, Clyde, the deal with Israel is finalized on April 12th, four days after. So now I got a decision to make. I'm saying I'm 31. It's my first year coaching job. And I know there's a longer life coaching. Mm-hmm. So I told Dondre, I said, listen, um, I said, I appreciate it, Dre, but I'm going to hang the basketball shoes up. I said, I got a head coaching job. He said, when did this happen? I said, four days ago. He said, well, congratulations. Now, if Israel would have been, you know, 8000 a month, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, for eight, nine, ten months, whatever the case may be, different story, but it was only 3000 a month. I said, I can't leave and go across the water for 3000 a month for six mm-hmm. months or yeah. eight months. You know what I mean? So, um, so I hung the basketball shoes up and got, got in, the, in the coaching full-fledged. I love it, man. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, just to play a little devil's advocate and look at it from the other side. As you said, coaching is going to be there for the rest of your life, right? Yep. You're 31. Yep. You know, you're at the end, unfortunately, of your athletic career. Mm-hmm. It must have been a pretty hard decision to do that, right? Because, hey, maybe you don't get this coaching job, but you still have the resume. You still have the opportunity. Yep. It's not like there's not going to be a coaching job in three years or in two right. years or in another right. year, right? So, yep. so how yep. difficult really was it, especially when you were told, hey, you have this opportunity. You can continue to play. We know it's the mm-hmm. end of your career. You can have mm-hmm. kind of a twilight, enjoy yourself. Like how, how much did that weigh into it? Knowing like, as you said, coaching is longer, right? but that's, that's the whole thing. Coaching is longer. You certainly have a couple more years. You can still play. For, for me, it, it wasn't a difficult decision because my, my entire goal as a kid growing up, it, it was, I, I want people to know that I existed on this earth as a player mm-hmm. and I got paid to play at whatever level it was. And for me, once I obtained that, it wasn't that I was satisfied, but I just, I know I'm 30. If I was tw- 24 yeah. and got that opportunity, I would have kept going. Coach would have yeah. been, but at 31, I'm like, I got paid to play. People know who I am, not only in Pittsburgh, but now everywhere I'm, I'm satisfied with it. Mm-hmm. And now hopefully I can, make this coaching opportunity into another head coaching opportunity. Yep. So the decision for me to hang up the basketball shoes was easy. 
And of course, for us athletes or former athletes, that's a tough decision to make when Absolutely. you had something you've been doing for so long. You know what I mean? But it was it was pretty much easy for me at that point. Well, congratulations. So many athletes don't get that decision. So many yeah. athletes are told you're done playing rather than right. saying, you know, I'm comfortable where I'm at. Yeah. I, I, I'm i comfortable moving on. So you're, you're uh, I don't like to use this word, but you're one of the lucky ones, let's say. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so you spent about six years at Penn State, Greater Allegheny. So this is a Division yeah. three school. If you're not familiar, anybody, Penn State has a lot of sister campuses around. Yeah. Normally kind of two-year schools, if I'm not mistaken. I think exactly. I, I Looked into going to Penn State. I'm from the area, so I'm a little bit more knowledgeable. But they have a bunch of them all around the state of Pennsylvania. I think they kind of creep into New York a little bit too. And yep, you know, yep. so you you essentially coached at one of those. And yep. I mean, what is what is that like? So it's a D three school. You have a yeah. you know there's some money somewhere up the food mm-hmm. chain. How yeah. how do you take advantage of that situation, knowing it's not just like a a normal D three school. It's one that carries a little bit of weight, knowing it's within that Penn State ecosystem let's call it right well and, and you're right it, it's it's most of the penn states they started off as two-year schools yeah. and some still are mm-hmm. okay um and i think they're they pretty much got away from that now okay um and they're all like all four-year but they have a two plus two system meaning that if there is a major that you declare and it's not at that particular campus you're at. You can start at that campus, but then you may have to go to another campus or go to the main campus. Mm-hmm. So recruiting at that level was difficult and s- retaining student athletes yeah. because, you know, I lost a lot of guys to that two plus two system. Um, my leading score, uh, my first three years there, um, who eventually end up graduating from another Penn State school, getting into football and making it to the NFL. Um, but I will get into that in a second. But um, I actually lost him to another Penn State school um, because he declared a major, which was administration of justice or criminal justice. And we didn't have it at Penn mm-hmm. State, Greater Guinea. So he had to go to the Beaver campus to finish his degree up and and play there. Um, same thing with my uh, former point guard of mine. Um, he was at Penn State, played baseball as well um, for two years, um, and he was a sophomore on my playoff team. But I couldn't retain him because of his major. He ended up going to Cornell University. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of tough to retain student athletes, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, with that two-plus-two system. But, yeah, so it sounds like yeah. you got a lot of experience in recruiting, so I guess that's a good thing. Uh, you know, again, yes. like – Positives, we turn everything into positives on this show. Yep. So I think that's yep. pretty important. So you coach for a little while longer, you eventually move on and then eventually become an assistant at the D1 level. Uh, yes, here at you know, Valparaiso University, obviously very well known. Uh, University yep. of Rhode Island, I'm from the Northeast, so I'm familiar. And then Wisconsin Green Bay, which I'm excited to talk about most. What was it like taking the jump from men's basketball to women's basketball, but not just, but also D3? to division one, obviously a lot of different moving parts there. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, coming from the, the, the men's side, you know, after 16 years um, and then transitioning to the, to the women's side, it was, it was different. It was, it was, it was tough. Um, and that's tough. It's just a different game. Yeah, of course. Different game. Um, but um, I enjoyed everything on the women's side. And I tell family now, like I could, 
have spent the rest of my year, my the rest of my time on the women's side. You know what I mean? Um, but like I said, the, the the men's game is played above the rim. Women's game is played on the floor, but they're just as talented. I mean, um, they work just as hard. Um, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal basketball on, on, on that side of on that side of it. Mm-hmm. And then what about going from division three to division one as well? Because again, that's, that's a whole nother in terms of recruiting, in terms of facility, in terms of, you know, just support. I mean, how, how was, how was that aspect of it and how much easier or harder did it get? Um, I took the same approach, especially as far as recruiting goes, um, because, you know, dealing with division three, there is no scholarships. Everything's about relationships. You know what I mean? So, I took that same approach going to the division one side of it. And it's all about relationship, even though I can, we can offer money now and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I wanted to build a relationship with that student athlete and the parent the same way I had to do with division three. And I think it came a little bit easier for me that way, having to, you know what I mean? Recruit mm-hmm. with no scholarships now recruiting with scholarships. You know what I mean? It's still a bidding war because all the, Schools in the country is, is is lobbying for the same player. You know what I mean. So I think I think the the, the recruiting side and the uh, relationship piece is very very um, important. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and and the other aspect that we were talking about with playing, and now we can kind of bring it over to the coaching side again. Valparaiso, mm-hmm. Indiana, University of Rhode Island, mm-hmm. Rhode Island. Wisconsin, Green Bay, Green Bay, yeah, Wisconsin. So you're, you're kind of moving all over the place again. And yep. this was within yep. short succession, if I'm not mistaken, within three yep. or four years, you were at all three of these schools. Yep. How much does that run you down again? Now you're a little older. Now you have your family, you have your kids. Like how frustrating is that aspect of it? Just knowing that you're essentially on the road every single day of the year at that point. Man, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Being away uh, from family was the was the biggest thing. Of course, you know what yeah. I mean. I mean, because you know, me playing in Oregon, I'm, I'm away from family, so I was used to that part. But when you get when you start to get older, family becomes a little more important. Yeah. And if you can't have your support system with you, now you got to make a decision. You know what I mean? So um, when I left Valpo, went to went to Rhode Island, um, had a phenomenal time at Rhode Island. Spent one year there, and uh, you know, come back home to Pittsburgh. And, you know, get married and my wife is here in Pittsburgh, but now I get an opportunity to go to Green Bay and Green Bay was I had a phenomenal time at Green Bay. A great program, top 25 program pretty much every year. Um, you know, one of the top teams in Horizon League. And uh, I've went on record to say before I've coached with some very, very good coaches. Phenomenal coaches, but Kevin Board, Kevin Borsaf, the head coach at uh, University of Wisconsin Green Bay, is a class act, and he knows the stuff. He's a he's a, in a Hall of Fame, and um, if I could have spent a lot of my coaching career with him, I might be a little bit further along right now. But um, you know, like like you said, it, it comes a time when you got to make a decision: is it going to be this or is it going to be that? And I chose family, and I, and I and I'm happy with my decision. So, um, which leads me to. EIT basketball. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and it was essentially, I don't want to say it was born out of the pandemic, but it was, of course, it, it came with it, right? A lot of people yeah. have changed their lives because of this pandemic, whether they lost their jobs or whether they found out as, as you did not found out, but saying, you know, I kind of want to spend more time with my family. You know, I, I yeah. could continue this coaching career and, and we'll yep. see where it goes. But at the same time, if I have the opportunity to spend more time with my family, we've all found that that's probably one of the things that we're going to do. And so you essentially stopped coaching at Green Bay. Uh, yep. Obviously, last year was, yep. you know, no March Madness. A lot of stuff went down. This year's comeback in some capacity for some schools. We're seeing top tier programs, um, you know, like Duke's women's team. There's other teams mm-hmm. that are pretty much just saying, hey, this isn't worth it this year. Let's wait till next year, which right. hey, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. So uh, kudos mm-hmm. and congratulations to them. Thank you. Yeah, what um what? What made you, I guess, so was this just the drive to stay in basketball and say like, there's no way I, I built up this whole resume and played my whole life and learned all this stuff to just and do nothing. Yeah. To right, not do anything right. with it. So I guess, when did the idea for uh, EIT elite individual training come and, and when, and how hard or easy was it to execute upon it? Well, it actually came about as soon as I left Green Bay, because I knew I still wanted to be around the game some way. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, you know what? how better to stay around the game than to give back what was given to you. Now, of course you give back when you're coaching or whatnot, but my biggest thing was I've always loved being in the gym with, you know, giving my knowledge back to one or two or three athletes. You know what I mean? And I said, you know what, if I can do that, um, that'll give me the opportunity to stay around the game. And so I say, well, why don't I start my own training company? You know what I mean? Um, I'm giving back. I'm still around the game and I'm helping young people hone them skills, their skills um, to get to the next level. You know what I mean? And you know I mean, I reached that, I guess, quote unquote, mountaintop of getting paid. And I want to help someone else reach that same that same goal. So um, me starting EIT has been phenomenal. I started, of course, you, you start from the bottom. So I started with one client and had this guy. Um, for about a month, he was coming consistently. And then, you know, words started getting out and now I'm up to about 68 clients and this, this really took off for me. You know what I mean? So oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, Congratulations. It's great. It is Thank awesome. You. And I, I hope there's many, many more because again, it's, it's coming from that player's background, but you were a yep. coach at the highest possible level in terms yep. of college sports. You're going to know a lot more than, you know, just your local high school athlete. Exactly. So I think that's very important for kids to understand because not only can they come to you with questions about the game and how to do a pick and roll properly, but they can come to you and say, Hey coach, I'm looking at colleges. I'm I'm trying to figure out exactly the recruiting side. Is this guy kind of selling me a a, a spoiled bag of goods or or what are we doing here? So I think that's an, an absolute part that needs to be understood a lot too. And you know, so in what's this? It's been about eight months, if I'm not mistaken, six months that you've been doing this, right? Yeah, about eight months. I started back in July okay. of uh, 2020. And, you know, now it's obviously February 1st. So, yeah. So um, and I've had kids from Ohio, Maryland, of course, Pittsburgh, where I'm from. So, I mean, it, it's it's really taken off. Um, but like but piggybacking off what you said, um, me being able to give them some knowledge on the recruiting mm-hmm. side. Exactly. Me, you know, being in as a player, former player, me being in as a, as a, as a, as a former coach and having the knowledge to give them things to look out for. Like mm-hmm. you said, is this, is this, this school selling me a dream? What, you know, so I can tell you, listen, weigh your options 
if there's any questions, you can t- come to me about it because I'm going to be a straight shooter to you because mm-hmm. I was in it on both sides of the coin as a player and as a coach. You know what I mean? So I can let you know if this guy or if this woman is shooting your dream or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I think my the 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 the, the players that the players that I serve. Um, I think they they take Cali to that. So I love it. I'm man. very very appreciative. And what have you seen in terms of successes from these players, that the men and women that have come through your program, in terms of being recruited, in terms of upping their game? I mean, I don't know what high school the high school basketball situation is like in in Pittsburgh right now. So right. you can tell us like how how have you seen, especially these a weird eight months to start and run a business, <laughs> right? So like, what are some of the successes you've seen in terms of the players? Well, you know, some of the successes, um, like. One of my one of my, my my high school guys, he is uh, he is like I guess the front runner for City League Player of the Year, nice. which is you know what I mean to be recognized as one of the top players in in, in your town is, is very very uh, good and it's awesome awesome accomplishment. Um, but I like I told him I said now you get a talk when you get back because everybody's coming for you. Yep. You know what I mean. Um, so um, from that from that standpoint. Um, it's you know it, it's 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 fun to be around guys who are getting these type of accolades. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, some of the some of the college guys that I that I have. Um, let me say, I don't want to say only my tutelage, um, the, but in the things that I'm giving them. But what they have learned up to this point from either their rec league coach or high school coach, middle school coach, whatever the case may be, and college coaches, and then being in the gym with me. You know, I can see where they were before they came to me and where they're at now. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they tell me, Coach, I, I I I did this in the game and it worked. And it's something that we worked on in the gym. Yep. It made me feel good. I'm like, I told you, everything we do in the gym, you can translate that to your real-time basketball game. And, you know, when they do that and the things we work on actually work for them, make you feel good. I love it, man. Kudos and congratulations. Uh, Just in case, where can everybody find a little bit more information on uh, what you guys got rocking on at EIT? Well, um, on Instagram, it's EIT underscore uh, Clydemans. And on Facebook, it's EIT Basketball. Um, But yeah, if uh, anyone want to, you know, if you have a a student athlete who want to hone them skills, no better way to come on to Pittsburgh and Get some 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 good teaching. Get some good teaching. I love that. I'll That's make right. sure I put all that in the show notes as well. And I know one last thing that I want to talk about before I let you go, Clyde. You're uh, yeah. you're uh, writing a book, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, yes, yes. So I I've been embarking on this for about six years now. Okay, and you know when you are um, talk about putting things together mm-hmm. sometimes you let it go by the wayside for whatever reason family job whatever um so about six or seven years ago i said i want to write a book I'll write a book so i started writing and then let it go but now since i'm home doing eit and it's giving me a chance to reflect on everything that i've been through my coaching career my playing career the whole nine i said I need to go ahead and and get this done. Mm-hmm. So I start I started writing again back in I want to say August, and uh, I'm up to about 24, 25 pages now. So I said, you know what? When it's something that you want to talk about or something you 
have knowledge about, you want to put it out there. You know what I mean? So um, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book and I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, I really got the notion from a former basketball uh, college teammate of mine. Um, he's written, he's written three or four books now. Mm-hmm. And when I seen him, he's, and I said, Hey, I said, you, you writing book. He said, yeah, I wrote my fourth book. I'm like, wow. I said, how'd you get into it? And he said, I just started writing everything that came to mind, started jotting down. He says, so if you want to, you think about writing a book, when you think about something, just write it down. Because if you don't write it down, guess what? Yep. Send near it and it leaves. Yep. So I start taking what he said to me and I start doing the same thing. And now I'm thinking about my middle, my elementary school, middle school, mm-hmm. uh, rec league stuff, high school stuff. And um, now it's just, everything is starting to come to mind. It's flowing and flowing and flowing. So, um, yeah, so it's you know, I can't wait till I, I get this finished up. And I think it's going to be a really, really good read for people. I love it, man. Yeah, 25. So I recently wrote my book. Anybody out there listening, Winning in Sports Business, it's 99 cents on Amazon. I'll give you the dollar. So you walk away with mm-hmm. a book and a penny. That's not a bad deal if you ask me. I think there's a lot yep. of value in there. I just want people to yep. read it. Yep. Um, I, or 20, 25 pages, it's like close to 10K words, man. So you're yeah. you're, you're, you're getting there. You're, you, yeah. you got a little words yeah. to go, but like you're yeah. getting there, man. That's awesome. And, 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 and I'm like at my junior year of high school. Oh, right gosh. Now. yeah, we got a so little while. I'm not even into senior year or even into college yet. So I was telling my wife, I said, maybe I might just write and I just make little novels or something because it's going to be a lot. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot. Um, and I was joking with her because my wife just 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 wrote a, wrote a book. And I said, so you're not going to be the only author in the house. Uh-huh. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's cool. It's definitely it's it's a slightly there's some ego involved right it's kind of cool like yeah i'm I'm a published author look me up you can see my author page on amazon right now it's kind of cool but really the goal the whole reason why i wanted to write the book and it sounds like similar to you is i just want to share a lot of value i get to interview incredible people like you all the time and i've interviewed some amazing amazing fortune 500 you know ceos and shit like that like they have information not everyone's going to listen to these podcasts or watch the videos i could put it in a book make it a little yep. bite size and add some other people to it. And there you go. You got some value in sports business. So yep. I do love it. Clive. Well, kudos and congratulations. I'm very excited to read it when it comes out. It's going to be a little while. Understandably it takes, yeah. takes a minute to do this, stuff, yeah. but yeah. kudos to you on that, man. I really do uh, give you a lot of congratulations and everything else in your career. Excited to see what EIT turns into. And I mean, Hey man, you're well, well on your way. So congratulations with that too. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it for sure. A pleasure is all mine. One more time. Where can people uh, find you on the internet in case they want to give you a, give you a shout out or see what you're up to? Again, um, Instagram, E-I-T underscore Clyde Mans, and on Facebook, E-I-T Basketball. There we go. You can find me at Michael Brazil one on Twitter. Follow me there. But other than that, please give us a five-star review or like and subscribe if you're on YouTube, wherever you're at. Just help us out. We're always looking yes, for some stuff. So for Clyde, for myself, we all hope you make it a very wonderful, snowy, snowy, snowy. rest of your Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you.